What is up, y'all? It's your boy. It's your boy. It's your boy. Shave the mohawk, take the Jordan tattoo off your calf, and play some ball. He's the best to ever do it. It's that simple. Then go up there with the 12th man, the 13th man, the 15th. You can bring your grandmama's choir on there. Nah, but for real, you gon' have to see me. Everybody wanna be famous, but nobody wanna put the work in. One of y'all gonna be with me. I got two bad gonna be rubbing my feet. I got three young down the bus at the heat. And all y'all ain't got nothing on me. Ooh, now one of y'all gonna be with me. I got two bad gonna be rubbing my feet. I got three young down the bus at the heat. And all y'all ain't got nothing Cut the music off. Cut the music off right now. I got something to say. Y'all know who this is. Y'all know what podcast this is. I'm not introducing nothing. James Capers, Kevin Scott, and Jason Goldenberg. You guys should be absolutely ashamed of yourself. I'm not no NBA player, so I can say it. Y'all can't find me because I get paid for this. I get paid to talk. You have done something to the Washington Wizards fans and players that is incredibly insensitive. It is childish. It is absolutely asinine. You stole a Wizards win from that team who played their hearts out against an organization and a franchise that is going to do things in the postseason this year with two superstar Hall of Fame players. You stole that to call a petty personal foul on Isak Bonga on a drive in which Isak had his hands behind his head, didn't even give him body, and you call a foul on James Harden, for James Harden, to send him to the line, and you stole a game from the Washington Wizards. You should be absolutely ashamed of yourself. And that's how we're starting a podcast. Yes, the, both teams went crazy. No defense was played. Yes, okay, the Wizards are one and three. Yes, Houston advances to three and one. You should be ashamed of yourself. James Capers, Kevin Scott, and Jason Goldberg. It wasn't a foul, and they're not going to say it because they don't. They got money to protect. I don't care. Y'all can't find me. That is absolutely unacceptable. Okay, in San Antonio, Bill went one on two in the paint to get the game winning layup. It's a boom, a bang, bang uh, call. You don't call a foul, whatever. Typically don't get that foul called in the, in the last stretch of a game. In this situation, that foul was terrible. Isak had been ISO'd on Harden every single possession last night. Yes, he fouled a few times. It's a difference between he fouled. I'm not going to sit here and say he didn't throughout the game. But in that last possession, you have that is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. So that's how I'm coming this year. But we have a lot of good things to talk about. But I just wanted to clear the bad air and the bad energy first. Yes, okay, my Washington Nationals were World Series champions. This is the District of Champions. The Nats do it. The Mystics have done it. The Caps did it two years ago. We are the District of Champions. Yes, I know that. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to be excited. We're going to be fun. We're going to have a great podcast. But James Capers, Kevin Scott, and Jason Goldenberg, you are absolutely out of line for that foul call. Out of line. What is up, y'all? This is Quinn Mayo. <laughs> Woo, this is Quinn Mayo, y'all. Okay, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, all social media, at Real Quinn Mayo. Also, um, one half of Wizards Outsiders on NBC Sports Washington. One quarter of Wizards Talk. Well, I guess it's still one half because me and Trav hold it down. Wizards talk after every single Wizards game. So make sure you guys check that out if you haven't already done so. <sighs> I think you can see my energy right now. The Wizards lost last night 159 to 158. But I'm going to say it. The Wizards walked, okay, so the Nats could fly last night. We're the District of Champions. We got a new World Series champion in the Washington Nationals. So congratulations to that team. They absolutely deserve it. After that start, 
that, that slow, slow start. I mean, Davey had his head called for. Everybody wanted the team to be sellers at the trade deadline. And then you come around, you come back, you turn things around, you bring Parr in, he brings the baby shark, he brings that energy. You got your bullpen, which was abysmal. All of a sudden, your bullpen turns around. You let Doolittle get a little bit of rest. He comes in in the latter in the in the last stretch of the season and does his thing. This team, oh, and Davey had the heart the heart um, issues last night. He told that team, "You guys cured my heart." This team was the team of destiny, destiny. So I'm so absolutely proud of this team, man. But in other news, we do have a basketball game to talk about. A lot of good things to talk about. I mean, I'm looking at the box score and, I, and who did not score last night. I mean, yeah, there was no defense being played. But you got Rui had a 23-point game last night. Finished the game with 9 for 15 shooting, 5 rebounds, only 1 turnover. Thomas Bryant, 3 out of the 4 games he's played this year. Double doubles last night, 13 points, 12 rebounds, five assists. <laughs> Let me say that again 13 points, 12 rebounds, and five assists. And sprinkle in a little steal. Then we're looking at real deal Bill, the man of the hour. Went toe to toe with James Harden. It got personal down the stretch. It definitely got personal. He finished the night with 46 points. He had three steals, eight assists. Six total rebounds, went 11 for 12 from the free throw line, 7 for 12 from three-point range, 14 for 20 from the field on the night. I mean, he was home, man. And we talked about this. Every single game we said, okay, when is Bill going to have that game? When is he going to find his zone? I mean, scorers don't forget how to score. Shooters don't forget how to shoot. When was he going to find his rhythm? And you circle, you're like, okay, well, he averaged 28.6 in his career in OKC. Maybe that's the game. Didn't quite happen. Dallas, I think he finished with 19 points. Then you play the Spurs. He finally has his first 20-point game. I think he had 23 against the Spurs. But you're like, man, we're, st we're still used to that Beal game, okay? It's a it's a game coming. That Beal's just going to go crazy, ballistic, show why he's one of the best shooting guards in the league. And this was the game. He had 46 points. Now, he had a late-game turnover. That Scott Brooks called a foul. I don't think it was a foul. But, well, it was a lot of hand-checking. But, I mean, when you don't have control of the ball, that's what happens. And we got to work on that. And we'll talk about that later in the podcast. But he went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Russell Westbrook. Not Russell Westbrook, excuse me. James Harden. I mean, absolutely incredible. I mean, 59 points on the night. It was a quiet 52 piece. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, he had 52. And I'm like, dog, when, when did Harden score? I mean, he had a few threes. His patented step-back threes in the, first, in the fourth quarter. I was like, dog, when did he get 52? And I even tweeted, I said, it's the quietest 52-piece in the history of the NBA. But, oh, was it loud down the stretch? I mean, first and foremost, he shot 18 for 32 from the field. Mad efficient. Mad efficient. 6 for 14 from three-point range. 17 for 18 from the free throw line. Nobody else on that team took more than eight free throws. And that was Clint Capella, and he missed three of them. But after that... You've got Russell went two for four from the line. Daniel House went two for two from the line. P.J. Tucker went two for two from the line. Dog, he took 18 free throws on his lonesome. The Wizards, they combined for 29 free throw attempts. James shot 18 of those by himself. That's absolutely ridiculous. And I already said to intro the podcast, that last foul call was garbage. I had my boys blowing my phone up even to this morning blowing my phone up like man i just went back and watched the last few possessions that was not a foul 
That was not a foul. I'm talking about D1 players. I got a few players playing overseas that hit me up. Shout out to my boy Marquise. Hit me up like, yo, Q, I know you, you got to watch those games. I know you got to talk about it. Bro, that's not a foul in any league. Not a single league is that a foul. But, you know, that's his thing. That's Harden's thing. He can get buckets, but it's those fouls that he can draw. It just, he makes it look like he's really getting fouled. You ran, you run that that uh, highlight back, or not highlight, or replay, or whatever you want to call it. Isak didn't even put body on him. He just stood in front of him, and Harden initiated the contact. He was just sliding his feet. Didn't, no hand checking. Hands were behind his head. Hand behind your head while you work. Come on, man. That was terrible, but that's Harden. That's hard. He had a heck of a night. Almost had a um, double-double. He just finished the game with nine assists. Was one assist shy. And then he sacrificed a 60-point performance because, you know, that's what he does in his sleep. He sacrificed it to miss the, sh the shot on purpose and then go ahead and, um, you know, have Rui get the rebound. And then there's only two seconds left, no timeouts. It's pretty much due from the start. So, Rui, keep your head hell high. But here's what I want to talk about today. This team is one and three. And this is, a, this is something I tweeted as well. Make sure y'all follow me, Real Quentin May, on all social media platform, platforms. This is something that's intrigued me. The Wizards have already obliterated expectations. Well, Quentin, it's only four games. They have obliterated expectations. I don't even care what... I think the line coming into the season was 26 and a half, 27 and a half. That was their win total for this year. I don't even care if they finish under that. This team has obliterated expectations. Ted Leonsis, Scott Brooks, Tommy Shepard, Bradley Beal, John Wall. These guys have spoke on this all offseason long. They are going to play hard this year. This team is going to play hard. We talked to Tommy Shepard at one of the practices a couple weeks ago. He said, man, uh, the league is saying that we're not going to be anything. Um, he, he can even talk about Stephen A. Stephen A said this is the worst starting lineup in the last 20 years of the NBA, which is absolutely asinine. It's false. But he talked to Tommy Shepard, and he said, the league says, you know, we're not going to be good this year, but I think we're going to surprise a lot of people. And I'm going to go on record and say, this team could win the rest of these games. I mean, lose the rest of these games this year. They have already obliterated expectations. And here's why. Nobody thought that a roster compiled of that's, that rolled out a starting lineup of Ish Smith, Rui, Thomas Bryant, Bradley Boone, Isaac Bonga, Isak Bonga, excuse me, I've been saying that wrong, so make sure y'all check that, it's Isak. Nobody thought that that starting lineup would compete with anybody this year. Not only have they competed with everybody this year, they have done it on the road. They have done it against formidable Western Conference opponents, and they have arguably should have been, let's see, they're one and three now, they should be mm, three and one. Because they beat, they lost to Dallas, which okay, you lost, you tossed Bill out. I mean, after Bill gets tossed, I mean it's a little, little too late at that point. But then you go and you handle OKC, the Spurs game. They should have won against the Spurs. Now you know me, I'm saying Bill should have made that bounce pass to Rui. You could have won the game right there. You know, teach his own. But they could have won that game, and they should have won that game. And the two minute report from that game said it wasn't a foul on Bradley Bill. It was still a foul, but we know the refs tucked their whistle. Okay, whatever. Then, you come home against Houston. You hang 158 points on Houston's head, but you're robbed in the waning seconds of the game because 
James Harden is called for an inadvertent foul or draws an inadvertent foul call. That is absolutely terrible. But if you look back, they should be two or three and one on the season, but they're not. But what is so impressive is that three of the four opponents that they have played thus far are going to the postseason this year. I mean, you could say two of the four, but I'm going to say three. The Spurs, the Houston Rockets, and the Mavericks have a chance to make the postseason this year. That com that combination of Luke and KP, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And you got Golden State. Looks like they're gonna fall, they're leaving the slot open because a lot of people are like, oh, they still have Steph, they still have um, Steve Kerr, um, Draymond, blah 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 blah. Willie Cully Stein's gonna come back and give. They got D Russ. Nah, Steph broke his hand. That eighth slot that they were supposedly holding down, that's gone. So I think three of the four teams that they played thus far, the majority of those games coming on the road, they went toe to toe with them and should have beaten two of them that they didn't get W's over. They have not played an Eastern Conference team yet this season. They play the Timberwolves on Saturday. And assuming Carl Anthony Towns gets suspended for a game or two because of the scuffle that he had with Jordan B yesterday night, which was crazy. Ben Simmons put my man's in a headlock. Then he had some Twitter and Instagram beef after that between Embiid and Jimmy Butler even got dragged into it and Cat. I'm assuming they get suspended for at least a game. Because you got blows thrown, you had headlocks, you had everything. So I'm thinking Saturday could be a game of the Wizards versus Timberwolves without Carl Anthony Towns. So we'll see about that. Some other suspension may be handed out too on that team. I, I didn't get to really dissect that clip, but you know, guys coming off the bench, you can get teed up for that too. You can get suspended if they put hands on a referee. It's very tricky, so you got to break that down frame by frame. So we will see what happens with that. But they have played. They're going to play five games by Saturday and not a single Eastern Conference opponent. And should I say the Eastern Conference opponent? Because the East is trash. So, of course, yes, I would have loved to see this team walk away with at least a W against Houston or San Antonio. But you talk about moral victories. There are no moral victories. But you got to feel pretty darn good about what you see from this team. I mean, even Scott Brooks said in the postgame last night, he said, man, it's so amazing to see this team come together and show the world what they're capable of. People were down them, but they practice like this every single night, every day. They practice like this. And to see them bring it to the court and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with these teams, you got to feel pretty good. It makes you smile because you're not supposed to be anything. You're not supposed to be anything. So we'll really, the test of this team is going to be, one, can they keep it up? Can they stay consistent? Can they continue to compete? But can they improve their weaknesses like their defense? <laughs> but also, can they handle the games that they're supposed to win? Which we will dissect in terms of Eastern Conference opponents because they haven't played an Eastern Conference team yet. I want to see what happens when we start playing the East. Because the East is trash. Garbage. And for the, the performance that they put on this West Coast road trip and what they did at home against the Houston Rockets last night, man... They're going to handle some of these Eastern Conference teams. They're going to handle them. So we'll see where that goes. All right, so what I wanted to do is dive into the box score because you got a lot of positives that you draw from this team. And I got some notes here that I'm, I'm going to start off with the older notes that I had from the shows last night of just initial reactions. So these are quick hitters, and then we're going to dive into some some deeper points. First and foremost, shout out to Bradley Bill for passing um, Phil Chenier, and I want to say he passed Phil Chenier and Gus Johnson on the Wizards all-time scoring list. He moves to six all-time 
on the Wizard scoring list. So congratulations to him. And he did that on Phil Chenier's birthday, which is a feat in itself. So happy birthday, Phil Chenier. Bradley Bill passed you on the all-time scoring list. But I'm absolutely sure Phil Chenier has no problem with that. So congratulations, Brad. Come home for the first time this season. It does. It makes history. You got to appreciate that. Thomas Bryant, man. Three games, double-doubles this year. Incredible. He's a double-double machine. And I'm, I'm saying this on record. I've said it. I said it this offseason. P.J. Tucker was working with Thomas Bryant and a lot of other NBA talent at the UCLA Heat. Rico Hines runs this summer. And I remember this clip verbatim. He stopped the entire run, P.J. Tucker did, and said, this guy Thomas Bryant just got paid, and he's still working harder than everyone in here. Three for $25 million. He's still working harder than everyone in here. He is still improving. He is still on the rise. He's not going to slow down just because he got his bag because he can still re-up at 25 and be one of the best big men in this league. And I know, Wizards fans, we sometimes we bite off a little more we can chew because this is our team and we support this team. Thomas Bryant could be one of the better big men in this league. I mean, and we'll talk about it later because I got some stats to prove it. This is not just talking out the side of my neck. I got numbers to prove it. He is doing something so far this season that has him in rare air. Absolutely rare air. So shout out to Thomas Bryant. Double-double machine. Um, seven of the nine players that touched the floor for the Wizards last night, scoring double figures. So we talk about, okay, yes, we know the Rockets don't play any defense. But, oh, my goodness. Seven of the nine players active that played last night, double-figure scores. You've got Davis Bertans, 21. Mo Wagner, 12. IT, 17. Troy Brown, 14 in 16 minutes. Great game for Troy Brown. Bradley Bill, 46. Thomas Bryant, 13. Rui Hachimura, 23. The only players that played last night that did not score in the double figures is Isak Bonga, who had six, and Ish Smith, who had six. Two guys who are not considered scorers. So we talk about depth. We talk about who else can score on this team other than Bradley Bill. Dog. Every time they put somebody in the game, they look like they can get a bucket. And if Thomas, if Troy Brown Jr. is going to come back from injury in his first game at home and cash two corner threes, almost hit three threes last night, he started feeling himself on the third fadeaway three from the corner. But if and his shot looks good. And we talked about that when he was healthy. He has the IQ. He has the tools to defend. He's a playmaker with the wing size, the body of a wing player. But if he can score and he has the jump shot, his jump shot looks good. He just couldn't put it in last year. But that's what he's been working on all offseason is getting that jump shot to fall. <laughs> Troy Brown, man. And this is another thing. I'm getting off a tangent. I'm going to get this a quick detour. I'm going to get right back into the quick hitters. This team is getting better every single day. Isaiah Thomas is just now getting back into the flow of playing basketball every day. It's the most minutes he's played ever <laughs> since what? Since Boston. Most minutes he's played was last game. He's not even in full NBA form yet. Troy Brown Jr. played his first home, his first game of the season last year. Of this, the first game of the season, this season for him. Two guys that are were looked were looked upon as very pertinent pieces of this team this offseason are just now starting to get into the flow of things. I mean. That's crazy. Uh, that, that's a stunner to me because this team is deep. We talk about one of the deepest benches this team has had. 
It might not be the names, the big names and the Trevor Rezas and the ooh, Austin Rivers and those names. But these are guys that are high energy. They play the game right. They listen. They gel well together. They get buckets. I don't care what your name is. They get buckets. Back to my quick hitters. Capital One Arena, clap it up. Not only did you sit and stayed in Cap One to um, watch the Nationals claim their World Series championship last night, but you witnessed the most points scored in that arena, in the history of that arena. 158 points. That's a Wizards record in that arena. Ridiculous. Shout out to y'all. That was the third highest scoring non-overtime game in the history of the NBA. <laughs> Welcome home. 20 lead changes. 20 lead changes. 10 ties at one point. That's ridiculous. The Wizards are going to run. They're going to compete. The Wizards have covered in every single game this season. They've been like plus eight and a half, plus eight all year long. They have covered every single spread. So if you're a betting man, if you got money like that, if you like to put a little wager on things, the Wizards might be a good bet this year. No, okay, I'm going to take that bet. The Wizards are a good bet this year to cover the spread. We said this. Keep being a dead horse here. This team is going to compete every single night. Every single night. And I think my last quick hitter here. Oh, um, the ability to close games is going to come with time. It's going to come with experience. Now, Bradley Bill has never, ever, 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 ever been considered a clutch down the stretch big shot hitter maker he's never been considered that and, I, and if you if you follow the team close as close as i have or any wizards fan has you know that bill could give you 40 through three give you 45 through three and, and halfway through the fourth when it comes down to the getting the last shot not even getting it for himself just knocking it down we saw when him and, and john were both healthy down the stretch there have been uh, X amount of times where John would be fast break. They're down by three, down by two. Beal in the corner. Wall pushing the pace. Dishes it to Beal in the corner, and Bill misses. Long rebound. Bill gets it right back. Misses it again. Him in the clutch is something that concerns me. Beal in the clutch is something that I have him as my second best shooting guard in the league, but that is something that somebody, a contrarian, would come and tell me, you know what, nah, he doesn't have that that Mamba mentality late in games. He gets tired. He starts to lose his, his technical savvy in the fourth. That elbow starts to flare out just a little bit in the fourth. Not as much arc on the shot, just a little bit down the stretch in the fourth. It's something about him in four quarters. And now, now that he doesn't have John to set him up on a fast break or pick and roll or get a really open shot late in games, he has to force and find his own shots. And now, all D'Antoni did last night was like, all right, Bill is giving us buckets. We're going to double him, make somebody else beat us. And that's what they did. They doubled him. After like the five-minute mark, he just started to get double teamed. Then... You get it when he does get the ball in his hands. He's trying to dribble the ball out. Got P.J. Tucker, an all-world defender on him. He's tired. He's been he's been creating offense all night long. 
loses the ball. Bad, bad turnover to P.J. Tucker. Boom, we're going the other way. So that is what I was talking to Chris Miles about, Tony Massenburg. You got Tier 1 players. You got Tier 2 players. You got Tier 3. What tier is Bradley Bill at right now? And it's hard for me to, to stand him as a Tier 2 player when there are other guys in the Tier 2, and I, we'll do another podcast when I break down the tiers because I got the names down, and I don't want to just rumble, ramble off the head because I'm going to forget somebody, I'm going to miss something, and I'm not going to get my point across. We'll do a whole other podcast for that, I promise. But as a, a player in your entirety, you got to be able to close. And that's the biggest thing I want to see from Bill this year. Can you close games? Now, back to the original point of closing and executing down the stretch comes with time. It comes with time. It comes with chemistry. It comes with chemistry. That team in Houston has a core that has played together for some years. Now, yes, you do add Russell Westbrook to the mix. But Westbrook didn't have a major play in the in the late game execution of that offense. And if he did in some um, some form, he played with James Harden years ago. They had that bond. Late game now for the Wizards. I even saw this from Isaiah Thomas. It was like, oh, the game is close late. It's it time. It's it time, and he's not the it of old, but it's it time for him. And you saw that. I think he had a bad turnover. I can't remember. I want to say maybe it was three minutes left in the third. I mean, the fourth. Maybe even two minutes left. He had a bad turnover and a bad shot. And you're like, dang, IT. Like, I know you used to do this, but, bro, you got to ease back into things. But that's going to come with taking time. If we're going to go with Bill. Oh, it was a possession in the fourth. I think it was two minutes left. And Bill didn't even touch the ball. It was all IT. And he, shot, he made a bad, bad shot. He shot a bad shot right off the glass. And you're like, dang, man, like, what, what is it? Is this team going to be building the clutch? Or if IT starts to, and we're going to get into his numbers because I'm taking too much time on this, like, initial recap, is IT going to be like, man, I still got it? You got to figure it out. Because if Bill can't give you buckets in the fourth, down the stretch, but IT has the confidence in the, in the ability to do so, what do you do? Or do you say, oh, let's go Rui on the matchup because Rui's red hot. And he's technically sound. But, oh, he's a rookie. He's not ready for that. So there's a lot of coaching that's going to be involved in these decisions. And that's all on Scott Brooks. Scott Brooks, this is, you got a team this year? You can't just roll the ball out and say play ball. You got one all-star, one superstar. The rest of the guys are guys. They're going to be good. They're decent. But they're not KD, Harden, John Wall, Serge Ibaka even. They're not those guys you used to have. So you gotta figure you gotta figure some things out. Okay, we got that out the way. Those are my quick hitters. Now let's really deep dive into some things. And we're we're 22 minutes in the pod right here, maybe even 30 because I did two parts. But this would be quick. But this is good stuff, man. I just didn't want to do that surface level reactionary blurt out some stuff. Oh, this game was good and all. Oh, the Rockets don't play defense and all. Oh, this bench is nah. Let's let's really talk about some things. Let's get deeper than that because if you want to watch that, I mean that's good stuff too. Because you have to have an eye for deciphering what a team did well and didn't do well and blurting it out quickly with a quick turnaround, which is what we do on television all the time. You got a small window in terms of, okay, what did you see? What did you like? What did you not like? 
what works, why didn't it work, what didn't, all this stuff, you got to put that on television. So we did that all last night. And that's fine. But when you have more time like I have with this podcast to really deep dive, go back and look at the game, watch the film all over again, take a deep dive into the box score, that's where you make your money. Because I should have more time to give you more content. And that's deeper than the surface level stuff that you hear on these other pods. So, all right, let's start with, I got a good list here. We'll start with Isaiah Thomas. Okay, this is the second consecutive game that IT is ranked in the top two on the team in usage rate. Okay, he his first game back, he was top two in usage. This game, he's back at it. He was top three in usage this game. But this is something that you kind of feel like you're going to see more of, okay? Him shouldering a load like this at the point guard position, and he looks pretty good. He looks healthy. He's moving well. Doesn't play defense, but he never has. But him shouldering this load already so early in the season is pretty interesting to me because I like what IT does so far with that scoring off the bench. Because he allows that second unit to pick up right where Beal and those guys that started the game left off. And yes, Ishmith is only giving you like six points a night. But it's like, man, do you really want to sacrifice that second unit scoring by putting Ish with that group of guys who already can't really score? I mean, you do have Mo Wagner and Davis Bertans. So I guess it maybe it could work out now that I'm thinking it through. But it's like, if you put IT in the starting lineup, you take shots from Beal. But then you also may have a substantial drop-off on the bench unit. So it's something you got to think through. But I think it's interesting that his usage rate is so high so early in the season. But you got to think about the stagger. You got to think how Scott Brooks is going to play this because it's so interesting. Because right now, um, IT is averaging 16.5 points, 2.5 rebounds, 7.5 assists, while shooting 48% from the field and 43% from three-point range. All in 22 minutes a game. Let me repeat that. 16 and a half points, two and a half rebounds, seven and a half assists while shooting 48% from the field and 43% from three-point range. All in 22 minutes of play. He is the only player in the league to do that. In under 20, what? In under 28 minutes. The only other player that has done that plays 30 minutes a game and that's Kawhi Leonard and yes IT has only played two games this year I get that but he is averaging 16 and a half two and a half seven and a half on 48 percent shooting while shooting 43 percent from the line from free throw line from the three-point line excuse me in 22 minutes he's the only player in the league doing that right now so what do you do because he's gonna start feeling himself and, and I said IT is gonna be a starter Put your best players out there first or keep him on the bench. What do you do, Scott? What do you do? So we'll watch that. But, I mean, I predicted that IT is going to start, you know, before the season's out. I'm going to stick by that. I think he starts pretty soon, but we will see. On to the next one. Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant. Let me tell you something about Thomas Bryant. Right now he's averaging, what, 18 points? Um, oh no, that's Rui. Right now, he's averaging 14 and a half points, 10 rebounds, and two assists this season. Okay. Let me tell you about players who are averaging that amount. Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond, Tristan Thompson, and Thomas Bryant. He is one of four players averaging 14 and a half, 10 and two. Oh, but you think we're done? Like, I told you Thomas Bryant was special, right? I told you he was going to have a breakout year. And now I'm going to tell you why 
he should absolutely be considered for most improved player this season. This is what I'm going to tell you. Players averaging 14 and a half, 10 and 2, but with two blocks, which I with uh which Thomas Bryant is doing. Guess who's doing that this year? Thomas Bryant and Anthony Davis are the only two players in the league right now averaging 14 and a half, 10, 2 with two blocks. Rare air. This team has played some tough Western Conference opponents. This team was not expected to do anything this year, not even compete. They are eight, eight and a half plus underdogs every single night, and they have hung in with your favorite Western Conference teams every single night. They haven't even played an Eastern Conference team yet. They've been on the road all year so far. And while doing this, while traveling, while playing formidable opponents, opponents that are competing in a conference that's way more competitive than their own conference, they are making history so far. They are in the they are in the conversation in the same sentence with all world players. Anthony Davis and Thomas Bryant have never been in the same conversation ever. 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 Never, ever, ever, ever. And right now, they are the only two players in the league averaging 14 and a half, 10, 2, and 2 blocks. So I'm telling you, he's a double-double machine. He should absolutely be considered for most improved player of the year because I think he keeps it up because he doesn't do anything outside of his game. He plays hard. He runs the floor. He grabs rebounds. He's one of the best players inside the restricted area. And now all he's done is done that every single year. But this season, he said, you know what? I'm going to take more shots. I'm going to improve my scoring. I've been working on my three-point shooting all year. I'm going to take more threes and more mid-rangers. And he's, he's hitting them. He's knocking them down. He's knocking them down. So Thomas Bryant, oh, my gosh. Now, I know what y'all want to talk about. <laughs> Rui Hachimura. Yes. The tweets keep flooding in. Quentin, wow, you went live and you said they should have took Cam Reddish at nine. Blah, 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 blah. I get it. And I'm all for the criticism. Send it to me. We not going to be right every single time we touch the airwaves, ladies and gentlemen. And I have no problem with that. I love the criticism. But what makes me even more appreciative of the people that say, Quentin, you were wrong and now you're high on this guy. I love it. I love that. But the, what makes me appreciate that is that y'all are listening. <laughs> y'all are listening. You're listening. Yes, criticize me. Tell me when I'm wrong because I'm the first person who's going to point the finger at myself. But I'm going to continue to say this. It is early. I said this early on Twitter at RealQuinMail. Make sure you follow me on there. I said this early on Twitter. I don't care if this team doesn't make the playoffs this year. All I really care about, the, the biggest thing I want to see is Bradley Bill, um, Thomas Bryant, Rui Hachimura, continue this level of production all season if they can finish the season in the conversation with players that hold a lot of weight in the in the way the nba world swings that that is the win that is the win because okay you can say that this team does not have the stars to compete in the postseason or against the top upper echelon teams that is absolutely fine because nobody expected that but once you run into next season with Rui playing all rookie level and an all rookie level this year, with Thomas Prime playing at a most improved player, one of the best big men in the league at that level this year, with Bradley Bill continuing to do what Bradley Bill does, and then you add in the fact that Isaiah Thomas is being one of the most efficient scoring and assisting point guards in the league, doing something in 22 minutes that no player has done this season, you take all that, you combine that, you put it in your hands, and you forward that to next season when John Wall comes back fully healthy. 
and then you have a little more cash space to play with in the in the free agency that is the win right there that's the win that is what tommy shepherd is trying to build that is what ted leos is trying to build that is what scott brooks is looking to do that is why bradley bill signed that contract extension if you can take what you have here in this production play hard every single night continue to be mentioned in the in the conversation with players that are elite but you're, okay you're not winning a lot of games cool that's whatever that's fine when you bring john wall back next year and you have some more money to play with that's the w because you then put it all together now we have an elite backcourt once again and we have guys that were in the conversation for rookie of the year most improved player um comeback player of the year all that still on this roster and we have enough money to bring in maybe a third player a third better than average not superstar not star but very very good we have enough money to bring in another guy like that too and we have a bench of young guys who got to play 30 25 20 minutes a game last year and now are used to playing in the nba and knows what it takes all under great leadership and tutelage then let's run it run it back you heard the mystics say it run it back let's run it back next year that's the win that is the win you have isaiah thomas doing something that only he is doing right now 16 and a half two and a half seven and a half rebounds on 48 shooting and 43 percent three point efficiency in 22 minutes thomas bryant and anthony davis are the only players in the league to average 14 and a half 10 point 10 rebounds two assists and two blocks the only players Rui is dog are you serious that's the win that's the win. i didn't even talk about what Rui did Rui had a career high last night 23 points a career high last night of nine made field goals a career career high of threes made in the game with three he didn't even make three threes in college okay he averages right now 18.7 rebounds 1.3 assists and he's shooting 50 percent from the field he is the only rookie in the league to average 18 7 and 1 on 50 percent shooting the only rookie in the league to do that not only is he the only rookie in the league to do that he is one of 10 players in the entire association to do that so yes he is one of the most efficient, productive rookies in the NBA right now because the Wizards are putting him in positions to succeed. But not only is he is he that as a rookie, he is one of the best in the league. Only him, Pascal Siakam, Brandon Ingram, Carl Anthony Towns, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Sabonis, Drummond, Tristan Thompson, and John Collins can say that they have done this this year so far. One of 10 players in the league to average 18-7-1 on 15 or 50% shooting. He's special. <laughs> He's special. And those out there saying, oh, don't jump on the Rui bandwagon now. Don't jump. Of the same guys that said, don't jump on the Nationals bandwagon now. Don't jump on the Cavs bandwagon. Why not? Why not? Please explain to me why not. Because people had personal opinions? That's why we people can't jump on the bandwagon? No. Everybody that was not on the bandwagon with that pick, jump on it now. Feel free. We welcome all of you. Welcome. This is your home. This is the District of Columbia. This is the DMV area. You are witnessing an organization take a turn for the better because of great moves made upstairs. A direction, a new regime, and players that have bought in to a new style of playing basketball and functioning as players in the league. Jump on the bandwagon. Winning is happening in DC. Yes, support the Nationals now. That's your home team. Whatever. That's the bandwagon. Sure. Fine. Shoot shoot me. Sue me. Whatever. Jump on the bandwagon. This is your home. Your teams are winning. Congratulations. 
It's like dudes that say, oh, I knew Travis Scott back when he was the mixtape Travis and oh, I knew Drake back when he was um so far. Okay. If he makes good music, he makes good music. I like it because I see it. I've heard it. I've witnessed it. The Nationals are winning now. Those people that did not know anything about the Nationals before, they know now. Jump on the bandwagon. It's okay. The more fans, the better. Just because you saw something first doesn't mean you're the best. Nobody's going to be right. Nobody's going to be perfect. Welcome to the bandwagon. Rui is looking really good. Rui is going to make an all-rookie team. Rui now, after these um, rookie of the year odds update, will probably most likely be third or second in um, rookie of the year odds. Only behind Zion and RJ Barrett because they're playing out of their world, out of their minds right now. Out of their minds. Welcome. Feel free to join. But it's early. Consistency is key because now that Rui is a problem, now that Isaiah Thomas is this efficient off the bench, now that Thomas Bryant is a walking double double, you got more eyes on you. And I said this, I want this team to be a team that nobody's just going to look over and say, oh, we got the Wizards tonight. Oh, whatever. We good. Low manage. Whatever. Doesn't matter. We're going to we're gonna crush them with our B team. We can send out our G League team to beat them. Now, I want the, these teams that are powerhouses to look at the, man, we got to go to D.C. tonight. Dang. I thought I was going to take a break tonight. Coach, I got to play tonight. That's a, We need this one. And I want that even more down the stretch of the year when the stretch the latter part of the season comes and playoff implications are all over the place home court advantage matters seating matters i want you to be i gotta bring my best for this wizards team that is the win because then you prove guys like stephen a smith wrong jay williams talking about oh yeah yeah kd i mean um what did jay williams say oh harden had 60 points or 59 points but jesus you gave up 158 to the wizards the wizards are you serious uh, yeah. Bradley Bill Corden said, yeah, because we can ball, stupid. We can ball. So put some respect on it. That's all you want. Put some respect on their name. Because they're going to play hard. And that's my rant. That's my rant. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Quinn Mayo Podcast, I think we're at 40 minutes. This was a good, I think this was a really, 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 really good podcast. I think this is the, probably the best podcast we've had so far this season. And... The reason why, though, and I'm going to give credit to myself, I mean, that may sound condescending, but here's why. I felt like the first pod, what, three or f- three podcasts were rushed because I wanted to get you guys content. Be, oh, got to be the first one to give you a reaction. But I'm starting to realize we all have reactions. Okay. We all have reactions. But what takes this podcast from something that you knew something that you and your boys talked about surface value. What takes this podcast past that to like, oh, I got to hear what Quinn is going to say about it because he's going to break it down, not only from a fan perspective, but from an analyst perspective. And he's going to give me numbers to prove that. And he's going to, I'm going to leave his podcast and say, you know what? I did not know that. I didn't know that. That's the goal. So I I don't take this for granted. I felt like I was a little rushed, but I was also getting comfortable with being on TV. It's a lot of rush and turnaround that goes on with that. But now I feel like I'm really settling into the season. I'm shaking off the jitters, and you're going to get quality pods like this every single game. So the research that goes into it that your average fan and your average analyst, and they're not going to do, I'm going to do that. I have the time. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to deliver the best Wizards podcast on the market. 
on the market. And that's my rant. That's my spiel. So if you enjoyed this podcast, man, whew, make sure you follow me on all social media platforms at Real Quinn Mail on Instagram, on Twitter, have me on Facebook, I guess. But one thing I really need you to do is follow the, the Mayo, please. On Instagram, we just got a new Instagram account. We have a Twitter account that's been up. Follow the Mayo, please, for all the latest releases of the podcast, not just my own, but other podcasts we have on this network. Share this with a Wizards fan, Wizards friend, your family, your mother, your father, whatever. Whoever wants to listen and hear about the team, and send this to a Rui hater. Send this to a Wizards hater. Send this to your enemies, too. Send this to those Miami Heat fans that were pressed about Bradley Beal coming to Miami. Send this to all those guys so they can hear how special this team is. Yes, they're 1-3, but it won't be like that for long. This team is going to compete every single night. Thank you guys for listening so much. Tune in to NBC Sports Washington before and after every single game for myself and Travis Thomas, as well as guest appearances from Jason Smith, Tony Massenberg, Coach Patsos, Chris Miller, all the guys on Wizards Outsiders and Wizards Talk. Also, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review, leave a like, comment, subscribe on YouTube, do all that good stuff. And until next time, it's been your boy Q. You know what it is. <clears throat> DC, DC family. family. I'm out of here.